Live from the Info Pilgrim Studios in sunny South Florida, we bring you Observation Station, the podcast that discusses real-world events as they happen. Now, here's your host, Jack May. What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Observation Station. I am, of course, your host, Jack May, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about my favorite sport, basketball. Now, obviously, with the whole NBA season starting up again, I figured it would be appropriate to do a quick little podcast about potential standings and who's going to be real contenders and who's going to be the pretenders. And obviously, we put a blog out at infopilgrims.com about who I believe is going to be winning it all. And obviously, we can start off with that is that I don't see anyone contending with the Warriors. It's really the Warrior season, and no one else is going to be close. When you can trot out a lineup that consists of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, you got, of course, Kevin Durant, and at five, uh, when healthy, DeMarcus Cousins, that's five all-stars on one team. That doesn't include the depth that, you know, I don't think many teams are going to be able to compete with this year. So, uh, I, I obviously starting there, we'll work our way back, but yeah, this is Golden State's year again. I, I see them, you know, going for the back-to-back-to-back uh, national champs, so that's not going to be a question, but we can talk a little bit about the East and... um. In the East, I don't really see a lot of competition. I know a lot of people see Philly and Toronto. Yeah, they got better, you know, obviously with age and whatnot. But this is this is Boston. I mean, that that team's got the depth. It retu- returns two All NBA players and Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. It, it it's it's a scary team to look at. That depth and another player people don't talk about is Al Horford. I mean, sure he doesn't put up crazy amount of stats, but he's also a do everything center for that team. So. That, that'll be an interesting setup, but obviously, we'll start in the Atlantic, obviously, Boston should win it, let's see, probably Philly will come in second, then Toronto at third, I mean, yeah, Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, is a top five player, but that's when he's healthy, and who knows if he really wants to play there, and that's going to be the overbearing kind of, you know, situation this whole year for Toronto, is does Kawhi Leonard really want to even be there, and uh, we'll see, I mean, so far, he's he's pretty happy, you know, they're getting MVP chance for him. Him and Kyle Lowry are playing fantastic together. It'll just be interesting. But again, you know, Philly, number two, eh, it's Philadelphia. You know, Ben Simmons is good, not great yet. He'll put up triple doubles. But, I mean, obviously, when you have your point guard who, who can't spread the floor, that's going to be hard to, uh, to to dominate a game. Like, you know, with Boston, where all five of their players in their starting lineup can pop out and shoot a tray. So that'll be interesting. Then you have probably fourth in the Atlantic. You're probably going to have, eh, I'll give it to Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn will take fourth. You know, they got a much better team with Levert and, you know, Dinwiddie, you know, taking a step forward this year. They'll, they'll be a good team. And in fifth, it's the Knicks. I, the Knicks are terrible. Uh, and with uh, the the unicorn, uh, KP, Kristaps Porzingis, not even probably playing this year because why would risk his health, you know, and you can tank another year, and I, I don't think they'll make a lot of noise. So that's that's probably the Atlantic. You'll it'll go Boston, Philly, Toronto, Brooklyn, and finally New York. Then you move to the much much weaker Eastern Conference Central Division. Uh, at the top, it's going to be obviously Milwaukee uh, with the Greek Freak. There's going to be no competition this year. He's gonna he's gonna put up MVP numbers. He has great role players. Without LeBron in that division anymore, it's Milwaukee's to lose. 
In second place, it'll be Indianapolis. Uh, excuse me, not Indianapolis. Indiana Pacers. Eh. Eh. Everyone's always, you know, riding and saying that uh, Victor Oladipo is going to be a great player. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, but he's one player on that team. And, you know, Miles Turner, he puts up a decent amount of points. But he's not, he's not an all-star. And then you look at the rest of that team, it's just a bunch of good but not great players. So, you know, yeah, they'll finish with about 48 wins, coming second in the Central. Probably get a fifth seed. Eh, nothing nothing too great. Then coming in third, it'll probably be my Detroit Pistons. I think that if Andre Drummond and uh, <laughs> good old boy Blake Griffin can figure out how to work out together, that's going to be a scary team. Because, again, not a lot of people put out two bigs anymore it's a lot of small ball lineups so if you have two bigs who can you know truly dominate that's gonna be a scary team obviously the health of everyone on that team is a huge huge issue so again if they come out healthy I could I wouldn't be surprised seeing them taking a yeah a fourth or fifth seed I don't think they'll do anything better than that but they'll probably get a fourth or fifth seed anyways so in fourth place it'll probably be the Cavaliers yeah losing LeBron sucks but I mean they still got a lot of good players on that team Kevin Love will go for 2015 for the rest of his career in Cleveland. And then, you know, J.R. Smith, of course, is good for three or four outstanding games that win games on themselves. And then in last place, it's going to be the Chicago Bulls. I, I still think they're a couple years from contending. Excuse me. All the talent in the world, but eh, I, you, too young. Too young. The only veteran presence really on that team is Robin Lopez, who doesn't really do a lot of talking, so I'm not... Not too high on that team right now, but give them a couple of years. You know, Chris Dunn, Denzel Valentine, you know, all of them together. You know, Zach Levine, of course, I've got to forget him. Uh, all of them together will be good in a couple of years, but they're just still a young team. <laughs> and then finally in the East, you got the Southeast Conference. And it's probably just quickly go through this. Washington, you know, Bradley Beal and uh, <clears throat> John Wall will probably carry that team. Not, not a great depth, I mean. Bringing in Dwight Howard's an interesting move. He doesn't do a lot anymore. Just gets rebounds. Uh, second place will probably come in in that Miami. You know, it's a lot of teams in the East that are just good, but just haven't reached that great level because they just don't have stars to you know carry some of those late season, late game, you know, heroics. I mean, yeah, you have Dwayne Wade on Miami, but he's so washed up. He was good maybe four or five years ago, and ever since then he's just been riding back on. The coattails of his earlier successes, so yeah. Then probably it'll be, I'd say Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte's my sleeper team. And this is why I think they got a, an established point guard in Kemba, Kemba Walker. You got two intriguing big men down there with uh, Hernan Gomez and uh, Kaminsky, who can do a little bit of everything. Probably could play the three, two of the five. So you got a lot of stretching, floor stretching ability right there. And then the biggest X factor is Miles Bridges. I think he's a he's a player that you can't sleep on because coming from Michigan State, he kind of had to do a little bit of everything. He was playing on the floor with two big men who really couldn't get out of the paint and score effect effectively, but he he accepted that role and still thrived in it. Learned how to shoot the three. Learned how to shoot free throw ball again. And uh, yeah, so I think that once he's going to become the second fiddle and not have to do everything behind Kemba Walker. He's going to thrive, so it'll be interesting to see how Charlotte does. But yeah, I, f I see them finishing right behind Miami. In fourth, you have Orlando. and The problem with Orlando is they just have this glut of big men. And uh, it's not a big man league anymore. Obviously, talking about Detroit, you know, they have 
Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, and eh, it's just they're they're not it, it. That one might work because Blake Griffin can shoot, but with the big men down in Orlando, yeah, I, ugh, Gordon Gordon, yeah, he shot decent at the beginning of the year, but then he slowly trailed off and barely shot over thirty percent from the three uh, three line. I just don't see him doing much better than that. And then finally, probably the most abysmal team that will be in the NBA is the Atlanta Hawks. Now, sure, they have Trey Young and uh, who's that big man? They have a, they have that big man from last year, John Collins, uh, that uh, that performed pretty well. But I, again, you know, they're they're three or four years away from succeeding. I think they'll probably be tanking for that first overall pick. Now we move to the Western Conference. Going to blow through these real quick. Northwestern, the Northwest Division. It's probably going to be Denver, Portland, uh, and Utah. I think Utah's a good team, but I think that their injuries are going to like kill them because that's just not a healthy team. They'll go Denver, Portland, Utah, Minnesota, and OKC. Again, I think you can interchange all five of those teams in that division. I think they're all just capable of winning it all and also losing 30 games. Uh, uh, excuse me. Wow, can't talk. Losing more than you know 40 50 games, <clears throat> then you go to the Pacific, and obviously, Golden State this is the gold standard over there. Then the, you have the LA Lakers. Ah, LeBron is obviously good for a team for at least 40 50 wins, and then uh, probably be the Clippers just because you know Doc Rivers is a decent coach, he'll carry that team for some victories. Then you'll have the Kings, not a bad team, but just haven't found their identity yet. And uh, then Phoenix. I think that people are high on Phoenix because, you know, Devin Booker and obviously getting DeAndre Ayton as their first overall pick in the NBA draft this year. But eh, eh, they're young. I still think that team's young. They don't have a point guard to lead them. They signed Jamal Crawford to be that point guard, but he's terrible. He hasn't been good in three or four years, just like Dwayne Wade. So don't expect much from him. Then uh, get to the Southwest. Ooh, just trying to blow through these fast so we can talk a little bit about the Sleepers, uh, Southwest is going to be New Orleans. That team is looking good. Their rate of pace is ridiculous. They're averaging like 120 points per game, which is unreal right now. Then you'll have San Antonio because obviously their strength of coaching will carry that team to at least 40, 50 wins as well. Then it'll be Houston. I honestly, I, I don't think Houston's going to be much like people are expecting them to be the second best team. I don't think so this year. I think that you know losing what they lost and replacing it with Carmelo Anthony was a terrible choice. Then it'll be Memphis, the Grizzlies, eh, they're just in a transition period, they're just trying to hold down the fort and keep people coming to the games at this point, and then Dallas, again, a team with a lot of a lot of talent, but so young and still learning how to play there, but a little bit of thing about Dallas, I like the move, is because you bring in Luka Donick, and uh, he's a fantastic player, but he's played overseas, reminds me of a lot of what Dirk Nowitzki did, and obviously Dirk didn't have it mentor over here to really talk to him about hey this is how you handle it the press blah 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 this is how you handle your finances and now Luka Donix has that and I think that in the twilights of Nowitzki's career he's just going to be a, a dearth of knowledge for uh, Donix through his next probably two three years of his career but anyways yeah that's how it is um so I'm, I'm predicting obviously a Boston verse. Golden State Finals, which, I mean, nobody should be denying that that's the two best teams right now. Obviously, Boston lost last night to a uh, a very good team, but the thing is, their loss just kind of showed them where their weakness is, and uh, that's the thing is, Toronto is full strength, 
full strength, full healthy, when they barely squeaked out a win against Boston. And I think that's the difference is that Boston's coaching will figure out, okay, this is where we, we sucked at. This is where we need to work on. And they'll improve on it. Whereas Toronto, I mean, that was their A-plus game. You know, Kawhi Leonard came out, did exactly what Kawhi Leonard does, carried the team, won games for them, and then that was it. I, I don't, I think that Toronto will win their 50 games. But you can't win a series with one player. Now, Kyle Lowry has been playing lights out. But it's Kyle Lowry. The guy does not show up for the playoffs. So it, it won't be a good year. I can honestly tell you that much. It's not going to be a good year for Toronto. They're going to think, oh, we got a new coach. We got we got the, one of the top five players in the NBA. But I, I think they made all the wrong moves. I think getting rid of DeRozan, your first player who actually wanted to play in Toronto his whole career, you giving rid of him was the stupidest mistake you can make. Like it pisses me off they did that. Like DeRozan, DeRozan's not you know, he's not the best player on the in the NBA. Like them trading for Kawhi Leonard, yeah, that's a great move. But like for your fans, that was a terrible move. This is this is your team that you're dissembling, and I mean like let's look at it. Like him and Kyle Lowry wanted to finish their career out together in Toronto, and you know. DeRozan's not getting paid that much. I think he's only getting $25 million. He's a top 15 talent. Not that great on defense. Can't shoot the three. But he's a player who wanted to play in Toronto. You look at all the great players who played in Toronto that left. You got Vince Carter. You got Tracy McGrady. You got Chris Bosh. They all left. Why? Because they didn't want to be that one person to, to keep you know Toronto in relevance. That's what DeMar Rosen wanted to do. He wanted to play his whole career for Toronto because he loved the team. He loved the city. And they gave him up. They gave him up at the first chance to get Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, you think about it. Like I said, you're the GM. You get a chance at a top five player. You only have to give up a couple, a good player and a couple, you know, filler in pieces. And you're like, yeah, I got to shoot that every time. But, like, I I think this could be potentially the stupidest trade, especially if Kawhi Leonard leaves next year. You get rid of DeMar DeRozan, a guy who wants to be there, for a guy who is a rental. That's just stupid. And you know what? I really hope it blows up in the Raptors' faces. And, uh, yeah, so that was my little rant to go about the Raptors. So, again, I think it'll be Boston, you know, taking that other side, Golden State. I just, I think that it's just unfair how good that team is. You got five All-Stars who could potentially play at, at, at those positions. And besides the, the DeMarcus Cousins, all four of those, eh, I take that back. Right, him and Steph Curry. The other three can interchange at, at, from the one to the five. They're all that talented on that team. And that's just ridiculous. That's just not fair. And they're all all NBA defenders, too. So it's not like they're just great on offense. You know, they all play defense. They all get back. I think that the only issue I was looking at this was DeMarcus Cousins is not like a, a floor-to-floor, uh, end-to-end player. He wants to play half-court offense. That's where he dominates. You know, yeah, he can pop out and shoot the three, but he's not going to be running up and down that tempo with that with that speed and length like the uh, Golden State's used to. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised even when he's healthy to see him not finish games and you know see Andre Iguodala come in and take his spot to make him kind of like a a spread five on that instance. And I because he's not going to be you know keeping up with the Kevin Durant or Steph Curry's down the floor all the time. Yeah, I think he'll be a fantastic fit once, you know, they set up on offense, but he's not a end-to-end player, which is uh, an interesting fit. But again, for $5 million for one year, it was a great gamble for Golden State to have, you know. 
yeah, he probably won't be healthy until January, but even a 75% healthy uh, DeMarcus Cousins, it's a, he's a top five NBA center right there, even at that strength. So I think that that's Golden State's to lose. But I think the biggest issue we're all having with the NBA this year is obviously Twitter. <laughs> Everyone's always talking about NBA Twitter. Well, he said, she said, burner accounts, whatever it is. But that's what it always comes down to in the NBA. It's just these ridiculous scuffles on the on Twitter anymore. And I was I was thinking about that the other day. I was like. Man, growing up, I mean, we didn't have Twitter until what, 2007, 2008? And I was like, growing up, I was like, oh, man, that's fun to watch these scuffles on the court. Like, I was actually in, in Detroit, not for the game, but I was in Detroit for the the Malice in the Palace instance. And, like, for me, I don't think we're ever going to have that again because everyone is so, so, I'm trying to think of a clean word to say this, so pansy, so far removed from you know face-to-face scuffles that it's we'll hide behind a keyboard and say our nasty things to these players then and no one's coming at anyone anymore I mean you got Draymond Green saying stuff against Charles Barkley but let's be honest Charles Barkley he tries to take one swing he's probably gonna have a heart attack the dude is just a round ball of fat now he used to be the round mound of the rebound but he's long gone from that I, I just, I miss that. And now we have NBA Twitter and it's just like, we're just going to pretend like this happens. Like, it's, it's stupid. Like, stop fighting behind your keyboards, NBA players. Let's let's take it on the court. And you'll be like, oh yeah, they're just going to play harder on the courts. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. They're just sitting there and just going to tweet after the game like, eh, man, like this guy clipped me and blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, he clipped you. Take him out on the court. There's nothing wrong with that. Get in his face. Yell him. Take a Kobe move and just, you know, I'm going to score 60 points on you. Call him out. Or like what Michael did. He would literally count back from 40 if you pissed him off. And that's he's going to score 40 points on you. Like, do something. These internet battles and trolling and creating. Like, we haven't even talked about that. Creating alternate accounts to defend yourself. Oh, my gosh. Can you be more of a pansy? You can't even address the problem that you're like... Oh, I'm going to create a uh, separate uh, Twitter account because I want to fight someone. Uh, he's talking bad about me. Like, grow up. And I'm talking about you, Kevin Durant. You seriously are a little big baby. I'm like, that's just pathetic. Like, grow up. If you're going to have a problem with someone, say it to them. And don't mumble it. Learn to complete a sentence. Wow, I definitely sound like an old guy. But it's the truth. I'm so sick of it. If you... Just imagine that. Imagine, like, you go into work. Eh, I, I guess I can't use that analogy. I'm sure there's people who go into work and then come back and write on Twitter and complain about their bosses. Like, come on, just grow up. If you have an issue with someone, say it to their face. Like, I just can't understand why people are okay with that. That's just so dumb. Grow up. The NBA is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be about, you know, oh, building up teams, building them up and trying to win championships. But now it's all about, like, oh, I want to play with my best friend, blah, blah, blah. No. Take the team that you were drafted on. Take them. Prove how good you are by taking the team with garbage around you to the freaking finals. Like, stop. We don't need to have these super teams. I miss the days where we had, like, the Phoenix Suns playing in the Western Conference Finals. Like, who would have saw that coming? Yeah, they had Steve Nash and Amari Sotomayor. But that's just those two. Like, it wasn't a super team. And, you know, they drafted one of those. 
and lucked out on free agency on the other one. And that's just how it was back then. Like, people wanted to win on their own to show how good they are. Like, Charles Barkley taking them. And I, I keep going back to Charles Barkley for some reason today. Apparently, he's on my mind. But like that, or Clyde Drexler with the Portland Trailblazers going to the the finals and almost winning it. It's just like, do we not have respect in ourselves? Do we not believe in ourselves anymore in the NBA? I don't know. That's just my rambling. That's, I just, I can't understand that. But anyways, guys, I wanted to keep this one brief. Uh, we're hitting right around the 20-minute mark, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA, give my uh, predictions out there, and obviously, if you stuck through for the first 10 minutes, where it's basically me reading off <laughs> my predictions, I appreciate it. And then listen to the last 10 minutes of me rambling like an old man. I just appreciate you guys always listening to us. And again, always check out our daily blogs, vlogs, or podcast on infopilgrims.com. We're always putting out new stuff. Seriously. And if you want to start putting stuff out, please contact us. We have a contact us page on the website. We'd love to hear from you. Obviously, next week we will answer some of your listeners' questions, which will be a lot of fun because I have some this week that going to save for next week once we have our other host back next week so look forward to answering those and talking to you guys next week so for observation station i'm jack may signing off and as always let's make america think again